Welcome to Acona Beyond the Articles, the podcast of Acona Online, the student-run newspaper for the Academy of the Holy Names in Tampa, Florida. Each episode is hosted by our staff members in which they give their opinions on a variety of current topics. We publish one episode per week, and you can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Now, let's start the episode. Welcome to our podcast, Acona Beyond the Articles. This is our first multi-person discussion type podcast episode and I myself and Adriana James Rodil, the multimedia editor and I'm joined by oh I'm May Lamison I'm the editor-in-chief I'm senior staff writer Reagan Finch I'm senior staff writer George Ruffalo I'm Sydney Wills I'm the senior staff writer I'm senior staff writer Casey Martin and I'm senior staff writer Alexa Fredericks so as you can see it's a lot of people here and we hope to get include a lot of different opinions so to start off Let's explain how we got here to this kind of like discussion podcast. So while brainstorming story ideas, we began talking about how now during the digital age, the information we have on our phones, iPads, and computers that we think is private really isn't. So does anyone want to like explain kind of like what I mean by that? Well, I think in today's day in technology, companies are selling our data and you can get a lot of money out of that. And so it really... We've lost a sense of privacy through technology. Mm-hmm. In class, we specifically talked about period apps such as um, Clue and Flow that are very popular, I think, one, among students in Academy and just the female population in general. Um, they're really easy ways to track your period, but what came out through um, different articles such as a Vox article um, is that these apps are actually selling women's data so that different companies can target them through ads at different times of the month for what maybe would appear to their appeal to their emotional or just hormonal instincts, which I mean, I personally believe is an incredibly like horrible violation of privacy. Mm-hmm. These tools, if you're not sure what these apps kind of do, there are ways for women to um, track when it's most likely for them to get pregnant, when they can prevent a pregnancy or just monitor menstrual-related health problems. Um, But these apps kind of, like, collect information such as, like, how often you have sex, if you're trying to have a baby, if you engage in unprotected sex, have a miscarriage, or even nearing menopause. And these apps technically, like, they, a lot of them, like some that may mention, like, Baby Center, Clue, Flow, My Calendar, and Ovia are selling this information to third parties for advertising purposes. So does anybody here like use any of these tracking apps and like kind of like their experiences experience with um, targeted ads? Yeah, it, didn't, it never really like bothered me knowing that apps were selling my information to advertisers, but this specifically just feels like wrong because I know specifically I use Clue and it kind of masquerades itself as this super like pro-women, like empowering app that they want to like spread like healthy information to girls and like just help us and then the fact that they're kind of secretly selling this data just to make money I don't know that just kind of bothers me Mm I don't know I think it like goes back to um how there really is no such thing as like having private information anymore like everything is public domain um and that kind of falls falls on the backs of big corporations and you know how everybody has to praise the holy dollar there's no such thing as morality in big business anymore um And I guess that takes away from the personalization and the individuality of the customers because then, you know, they target or they promote their brand as, you know, it's custom to you and this is only for you and really behind your back, it's not. It's for 
other people to know how to get your money. And also you have to think that they are a business and these apps like Clue and Flow and the other ones Adriana mentioned, they're all free. So they're a corporation, they're a business, they've got to be getting their money somehow. So this is how they do it. They advertise to be friendly, they offer women's like health information on their websites, but then also, you know, they're selling their data. But at the end of the day, like they need to make money. It's wrong how they're doing it, but that's the first thing. Are they like open about it that they like collect? No. It's very yeah. hidden in terms of yeah, it's terms of Mm -hmm. Who here reads the terms and yeah. conditions no. when, like, downloading no Snapchat? And they know that, and they know that, and they utilize that, so yeah. they can say, if you try to zoom, like, it's in our terms and conditions, yeah. like, it was stated, you just didn't read it. And it's not just these period tracking apps, too, it's literally yeah. every yeah. app you download, every yeah. even just when you start up your iPhone, yeah. um, it's, it's everywhere, and no one actually reads the actual directions or what you're agreeing to when you sign off your name. A big thing? Which I think is funny because I know a lot of like academy girls do this. It's like you take those stupid little BuzzFeed quizzes. Mm -hmm. Like nobody wants to know like what kind of breakfast you want in the morning. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. really you know what food items or just brands you should be targeted on your phone, on your computer, on your iPad, on literally anything. So that's where they get you. Is they disguise them as just like fun little, you know, what am I? What is she? What is he? Um, but really, it's a tactic to, like I said, get your money. So. Mm -hmm. I think. This is like kind of going off of like just like seeing like ads. I just think it's crazy how it's all connected. So I'll literally be on my computer like looking at like a dress, mm -hmm. and then like on Instagram, mm -hmm. it will like pop up, yeah. and I'll be like, "How is this connected?" Yeah, yeah. It's really scary in a way, and kind of like like just like you like, said, Casey. Like you'll be looking at like pictures of a dress or like a shoe and then you'll search up on safari and the ads on the side of like a quizlet page will be that and it's kind of like feels like an invasion of privacy in a way and what's even more daunting is that um really relating it back to like period ads specifically is that 50 million women worldwide use a period tracker app and kind of like and like you all said like do we really read terms and conditions and is that kind of and even a lot of us don't read terms and conditions just because they're so long and um, stuff like that, do you think that that's kind of like a consumer's responsibility to read those? Be and then if you complain about it, is that kind of like your responsibility because they said it in their terms of conditions? Or do you think that because it's such a personal issue and kind of like a private issue that they should kind of like promote this more that they're selling your data to other companies? Or do you think they should kind of keep it hitting it, hidden in a way? Kind of going off what Georgia said, I think we've become too trusting of technology. Mm -hmm. Like at the end of the day, they know we're not going to read the terms and conditions. So we have to be a lot more careful and a lot more informed doing your research. Like, is this company going to sell my data or something like that? You have to be a lot more informed because yeah. you can't trust technology. I anymore. think specifically as women too, because you know, it's going to cost more to buy the pink phone than it is going to buy the, you know, the regular phone. So mm -hmm. it's, there's, you know, you have the pink tax or whatever, you blah, blah, blah. Um, but, you know, they target women specifically based off of, you know, cravings or just whatnot in the period app, so I think that we have to kind of let each other know that, you know, it's not as good as it looks. You have to kind of set up precedent for what's going on, so. At the same time, though, we are so dependent on, I guess, not just period apps. I think that's something we can easily give up but just you know social media in general like internet searches looking up something when 
your hungry fast food places and then the next day you get tons of ad for fast food or if you even I know some people talked about saying things to Siri and then getting targeted mm -hmm. ads based on that um, but we are so dependent on technology for so many different things and I, I think that's something that's very much demonized especially by older generations um, and unfortunately I think this is a consequence like how can we create that balance whether it be maybe through government regulation or just taking the hard step and you know deleting something like TikTok or Snapchat or things that have been proven to invade, say, even your camera roll or different instances. Um, for me, I never really cared about stuff like that. Like, I didn't mind getting targeted ad for dresses, as you said, Casey, or even for food. Um, but period ops specifically, it's such a personal, and I think something that we don't really like to talk about in the status quo. Um, it's very taboo. It's very taboo, and you don't you don't want people knowing like what's going on with your body specifically, especially since as women, as Georgia said, that's something that can be easily used against us. And kind of like relating what you said, May, yeah, a lot of these apps like Snapchat and Instagram and Twitter, they have a hold of our private information, if we like it or not, because when we sign up for those accounts, we have to give them our email, our date of birth, and et cetera. And according to Consumer Reports, actually, um, it is proven that when you put this information um, on those menstrual cycle apps and they sell it to third parties, it could affect your ability to obtain life insurance and how much you pay for that coverage. And also it can increase the interest rate you're charged on loans and even leave you vulnerable for to workplace discrimination. So this issue, yeah, mm -hmm. this issue goes like well beyond just giving away our like obviously our gender or like how old we are, but it affects our day-to-day -day lives and kind of like, does anyone want to add to that? Yeah, I agree with what everyone was saying that there is a balance you have to find and we kind of have become too trusting with technology, but I also kind of think that when it's something like this, that's personal health information that can affect you in so many ways that the app should be a little bit more clear about like what they're doing with our data. I don't know, I feel like it just, makes it a little different when it's like health information. But then again, I don't know if they necessarily would just because we're so concerned about it because at the end of the day, it's their yeah. business. Yeah, dollar. it's yeah. all about money. Um, yeah, there's no morality in money anymore. And, you know, customer customer service isn't really a thing in big business. So, um, yeah, I think it really just falls back on the backs of these big companies not wanting to give up another cent. So, so this kind of like just on the idea, well then, how do these free apps like Reagan say, like, make money without selling your information in a way? I mean, I don't, I personally do not have a period app. Um, I just write it down on my calendar, just count 38, 30, really? yeah, just so <laughs> 30 days and then it'll be around that time. <laughs> I can't do that because my period is extremely irregular. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. like, some days it will come like, it will come once a month and then some days it will come every two weeks, some days it'll be a week. Lately mm -hmm. it's been only three days, so I have an extremely irregular, so I'm heavily reliant on these mm -hmm. kinds of apps, yeah. so that's why it's extremely nerve-wracking to find out that they're taking my information and selling it to marketing and all that, and it just feels a little bit too personal. Like, then it's like, what are you gonna do? It's exactly. Like, are you gonna like give it up because of that, or is it? Because like, you can yeah. become dependent on it, and then you can't at all. Because I, I feel the same way. Mm -hmm. I use my period app religiously because of sports. Um, mm -hmm. You know, to plan my schedule around, okay, do I really want to play a tournament on the day? Because my periods are pretty bad and it's not fun. Mm -hmm. um, you know, do I really want to, like, schedule a tournament on the week that I know I'm not going to be at my best? So I I'm, I used to use Clue, and then 
I don't know, I just kind of fizzled out of it. Now I use period light. I don't know if anybody uses that. It's the basic one with the pink flower on it. Flower, yeah. Um, don't know if they sell their information. They probably do. And uh, But I know for me, at least, I am dependent on my period app. Sometimes my periods are irregular, but for the most part, it's pretty constant. Um, but for everybody, it's different, like, like you said. So, And like... Um... Just hearing, like, your guys' own stories with, like, your peer, that kind of, like, in, like enlightens me a little bit more on, like, the complexity of yeah. this issue because, like, going into this, I was thinking, well, you can just, like, get rid of the app and problem will be solved or boycott the app or something yeah. like that. But, like, hearing that you guys, like, your periods are so irregular and, like, you're so dependent on this app to kind of um, make your day-to-day -day life, like, schedule is really enlightening. And, like, so what do you think companies should do in order to – combat this issue in a way should they tell you up front like we're going to sell your information or should the government kind of take over on these um health related apps to kind of say you're not allowed to sell information because this deals with like health insurance and life insurance and etc you guys can mull that over a little bit <laughs> you're never going to get like one end or the other, I think it's always going to be a, a happy medium. It's not happy, but you know, it's a happy medium. So um, there's always going to be a fight over it. I mean, if it were up to me, I would like, you know, I don't, I don't think there's a need to sell your personal information on periods. But you know, for I don't know, big companies like Nestle or somebody who's, I don't know, like chocolate companies or something, you know, mm -hmm. they really want to know that information. So that's when they have their eyes you know, rates or whatever, but mm -hmm. um, I don't know, I just, I personally don't believe it's ever going to be black and white, it's always going to be a little mix of both. I mean, we can say that, like, we should put an end to they cannot sell your data, but at the end of the day, like I previously stated, they are a corporation, they need to make money, and that is the easiest way to do that, so I don't think selling our data will ever be, I just think, I hope that there's more transparency in that process in the future. And I feel like also you need to start like a movement almost because like with these big corporations like one person boycotting it five people boycotting it isn't gonna you know it's not gonna do masses strengthen numbers yeah so i think because it's masqueraded so well and like you said the terms and conditions in these widely used social media apps and then like period tracker apps that millions of women use all around the world there's really not going to be a stop to it i mean companies aren't going to be um, straying away from doing it because people aren't going to stop using the social media apps and people are thinking well if everyone's using the apps and it's just so widely like used and all of that um, is it really that dangerous? Change isn't going to come unless we collectively come together and say like this isn't okay so we well I will still use it mm -hmm. we I don't I don't that's the issue like I want to be like, this isn't okay, but at the end of the day, I heavily rely on the apps. Like, I use Flow, personally, and I I log it every single day because I need to because my period is so irregular. I feel like, also, even if the movement started and gained enough traction to get attention from the government that was then willing to actually get involved, I feel like the majority of these corporations, even beyond the period apps, would probably be able to find ways around yeah. it, right? Yeah. You, know, you said it's never yeah. going to be black and white. There's always going to be some way that they can be making money off our information. Like, if people are invested in women's periods, like, I want to know what, like, other big, um, you know, what else they're looking into that's personal, more personal than that, you know, because I feel like this is just the tip of the iceberg. Mm -hmm. 
No, definitely. And I think what's even more alarming is that we kind of grew up, I think, right before this stuff started happening, like right before big companies started tracking our data. Um, and so now everyone's worried about little kids, like what they're watching on YouTube, their ad content, like what they're searching and how that's going to affect them, um, both in terms of like what their parents buy for them or... Um, how they respond now in school to these ads and what effect that has both on their like um, mental health and just their development in general. Yeah, it's like so interesting to think about like kids who grew up in this era of technology. By the time they're older, they're literally going to have this whole like online profile of just like everything about them from like since they started using technology, which is just so weird. Like just seems so wrong. I don't know. And you see, like, especially YouTube lately, this past year they rolled in um, COPPA, which is now, as a creator, before you publish a video, you're required to say if this is intended for kids and not. And if they think, like, if you label it as for kids and they think it's not, you could get fined up to thousands of dollars. So they're really cracking down on, like, what is appropriate for kids. And it puts the argument, like, should the government be doing this or should it be, like, or up to the parents. So it's crazy how like yeah. technology is really shaping kids' childhood these days. And I feel like as time only goes on, there's gonna be the dwindling down of parental controls and mm-hmm. awareness about it. Because before we know it, everything is gonna be monitored, everything is gonna be looked at under our own radar and radar whether we like it or not. So um, it's just only gonna get not worse, but it's just gonna become more prevalent and our lives and the lives of the future generations. So. I feel like with like all those parental controls, there's still like ways around it. There definitely is. Because yeah. like I have a little brother, and it's like there's like, you know there's like Netflix for kids or like parental controls, and he's the one who knows all the passwords. Right. So, right. You know, I'm like, there's no such thing as being <laughs> like, sheltered anymore. Yeah. Like, there's no you are exposed to everything in the world, whether you like it or not, and that's just what technology. It's, it's good and bad, you know? It's, it's good to have kids know what's going on, but then again, like, I don't know if I want a kid being exposed to some things that I don't find appropriate for children. Well, we see, uh, we see a lot more now in society, technology is like, we're introducing children to technology at a younger age. Like, you see in restaurants, like, half the toddlers have, are, like, glued to an iPad, and we're not, like, <laughs> raising them to, like, know, like, have people skills. Yeah, you know? they're, like, watching Sesame Street, like, while they're eating their mac and cheese, and I'm like, what is going on? I, that definitely, like, because, you know, I, we grew up, like, kind of, we, we I grew up before the iPad, yeah. and then, like, my little brother is, well, like, glued I to when did the iPad come out? The first iPad came out when we were in th- second grade. But we weren't toddlers. But like, we weren't, yeah, yeah, yeah watching, yeah. like, so I mean, so, Yeah, so we have <laughs> grown up, like, with the effects of technology, I, I guess we're, like, that intermediate generation. Yeah, like, we're, yeah. we're not quite, like... Gen Z, but we're not millennial. We like fall right in between, like the 2001 to 2003. Um, but what's so alarming is about this problem is the moral like implications of companies like feasting off of this and getting a lot of income off of it specifically. Um, and I think that's what the main idea of this podcast is about, like how far companies will go, like whether it be ruining a child's entire development yeah. Yeah. to make some cash. I think May touched on a really good point about how, like, um, I'm a year younger than you guys, but <laughs> but basically how we're kind of, like, in the middle between, yes, we're 
like progressing into the technological age where everything is based on technology. I mean, we're doing this podcast right now. It's going out on the internet. Um, but then at the same time, as toddlers, like Reagan said, we grew up using papers and crayons to like entertain ourselves and talk with friends and make friends. And I think that's why us sitting here right now, like we think that um, them taking control of all this private information is such a big deal. But what do you think about toddlers who are growing up now, being born now, today, in, in the next few hours? Do you think that they even care that their privacy is being out there? Do you think, well, I'm used to it, like, it doesn't matter, like, from the start of age zero, you already have your own profile on Google? Yeah, like, that brings up a good point, because even now, we think it's normal. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. like, or at least part of us, like, Reagan, you talk about how you think it's normal. Like, it's mm-hmm. it's just a, a side effect. It's, it's a condition that you have to agree with, with, you know, benefiting from these apps, but... Yeah, are people going to even think about it twice? I mean, yeah, barely anyone do. It's so normalized. Mm-hmm. And then what does that say about society as a whole? Like, who we are? Ms. Cox, do you want to talk? I'm enjoying you doing this, but one thing that I thought was interesting yeah. to bring up is the, the idea of parents plastering, like, oh, I, you yeah, have, yeah. You, especially at my age, the babies have, have Instagram people accounts. Yeah. 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 They, not only that, but what bugs me the most is when somebody so has a child, they will, the day it's born, yeah. here's my child's sure. full first, middle, and last name, yeah. here's how long they are, here's how much they weigh, here's their social security number, I mean, <laughs> no, so, and honestly, not to and sound like, kids don't have consent, no, they don't. oh, exactly, and like, not to sound like that person, but once it's on the internet, yes, it's, it's on, on there the forever, yes, the like, you just can't escape yeah. it, and so what if you don't have consent, and I think that's where I, our generation really lucked out, because and yeah. like the middle school years, I mean, that's so bad, but we oh, just yeah. missed the constant age of like parents posting everything about us on yeah. Facebook. So they're bad. even like normalizing like family, like people have like family YouTube channels. Oh yeah. The eight-year-old oh, child. They put their kids in danger and then they have so many lawsuits against that of these kids who are suffering and essentially abused. And again, it, it, it's all driven from money and it's like business. Child exploitation. Do you remember <laughs> the, um, it was like a family of like five kids and they would always like make fun of like one of the kids and like, they like, the older brothers like pushed him around and they got the kid like taken out of like the family. <laughs> no, and then you also see these cases of kids suing their parents when they're like 13. And it's also because lawyers see this like, um, perspective motivation, like you can get out of the situation and then it tears people apart but I mean do you think that parents posting all of these pictures and videos and information about their kids like puts them in danger? 100%. This is a bit of a stretch but I would also say with the progression of reality TV Mm -hmm. and how you know you have these families who just everybody has to know what's going on I feel like people really want to just they want that almost sense of fame and attention so they're gonna, you know, I want. I know plenty of families that are like, I want to be like the Kardashians. I want to be like, who the twenty one kids accounting, you know, just yeah, or just for yeah. sheer entertainment purposes, they are going to throw their entire lives into this rut of of what of letting people know everything about you and your eighteen million kids. Like, I just I feel get like it. another part of like parents like introducing their kids to social media at such a young age and like putting them everywhere is like. The new like, you know, social media star yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Where it's mm-hmm. like teen star. Yeah, you have like people from like even like Vine or something right. like that. Right. Like 
they would make videos and you know like my family has like home videos but like right. keep them to ourselves yeah but like people post that and then they build a career off of that and then you see these kids doing what like dances dancing you don't have like Disney stars anymore you know, yeah, have you have TikTok stars. Harley, you have mm-hmm. so TikTok. No, and Instagram. then you have like these toy opening videos yes. on YouTube. Yeah, like, it's millions and yeah, Reagan knows a lot. Uh huh. You, I know too much about it. It's concerning. There is a child. He's nine, and he has nearly twenty-five million subscribers. He's like the second or third most. Subs- I think he's like the fifth most subscribed channel in the world. He's nine, and he opens toys and. It's just like mind blowing. Like, yeah, parents, on that nine-year-old yeah. parents quit, you know, their jobs to help them yeah. with YouTube channel. Kids yeah. are now is the breadwinner. They're just yeah. <laughs> he gets like a million dollars a year. He's nine. That's kids. another thing when parents push it to mm-hmm. their kids, like for like, like, like you said, it's like pageant moms. It's like pageant moms. Yes. Like, but you yeah. saw you saw like the moms on toddler and tiaras, and you're like, that's crazy. But you're seeing that now with like YouTube stars and like their kids and like. They really want to like push their kids to do that. Like, so many kids are being like raised off of the internet, and they want to grow up and they want to be a YouTuber. And that's why you see so many like teenagers dropping out of high school, or like, I saw someone drop out of middle school to be like pursue YouTube. And like, it's an unrealistic career because like the first YouTubers just used it like because they thought it was fun, like uploading, or like they would use it as a way to like send a video to their friend. And it's become such this like big part of pop culture and society that now kids are dropping out and pers- pursuing a proper education because they want to just make videos on YouTube and it's insane. Yeah, I agree that there's a million ways to be self-made, but I don't technically think that is the most reliable. No, no. I kind of connect this back to like our initial conversation. These people that we've been talking about like feed off of these tracking and um, like uh, statistic apps, like they need to know how many people saw their Instagram post and how many people watched their YouTube video and then what actions were taken um, after that so that they can grow their business. And that just relates back to how dependent I think modern day careers or just society in general is on these tracking and just documentations of what we do online and our virtual, I guess, footprints. Yeah, all your social media is customized based off of the stuff that you like or that you retweet or repin, whatever. Um, so they're just collecting masses and masses amounts of information. The reason they collect our, like how they collect our data and the reason they keep doing it is only fueled by our constant need to be like an internet persona. Like we need to be seen on the internet. Like we all at one point have wanted to be TikTok famous. So we make dance videos at 4 a.m. not speaking from personal experience. But we just, it, it, it fuels that because it's constant data that's being pushed out and companies take that and utilize that and sell our data. It's become so normalized to kind of make these profile accounts and like just like relating it back to how parents, if they push this, like I remember when I wanted to get an Instagram account I kept pushing my mom. I was like, can I please get one? Can I please get one? She was like, no, no. I've heard like horror stories. Well, well you'll get kidnapped or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And it wasn't until like maybe middle school and even that maybe is a little bit too young that I was able to get an Instagram account. But then as I got older and technology and social media expanded in a way, um, I could just make accounts and then I tell her, oh yeah, I made a Twitter account. She's like, oh, okay, whatever. Like, that's fine. So, and then also like, the parents making their like one year old like child um, Instagram accounts. It's like there's no concern over security anymore. Like like I think people get rid of the idea that 
Instagram probably knows your location. Snapchat definitely knows your location if you have privacy, oh if God. you have location settings on. Why is there not, like, a bigger concern over that? Like, people, like, I think her name's Charlie D'Amelio. Yeah. She's a TikTok star. She's, what, 13 years old? 15? 15. 15. Don't She's 15. And... <laughs> oh, my gosh. But, wait. I don't know if this was um, the last Apple update, but when you get in your car now, it, like, maps up and tells you, like, home. five minutes to get to the Academy of yeah, the Holy Names. And I never signed up for that. It just started showing <laughs> yeah. up on my phone. And I remember the first time I was with my dad, and it showed up on his phone, and he was terrified coming from, like, a generation, like a bigger yeah. generation, where that's not normal. And for me, I was kind of surprised by, like, my lack of reaction yeah. mm -hmm. it's just like oh it's just yeah. they track you and that yeah. leads to a really good point we become desensitized so we become desensitized to how terrifying the internet is like people can find out everything about you from your snapchat username i've seen it happen firsthand like if they have your number or your snapchat or like you add them back or something they can know your name your number your family like who in your family has died like it's insane how much they can find out Based off such every, little personal information. Everything is public domain. And I don't people I don't think people realize the extent to what that means. Mm -hmm. Everything you've done is public knowledge. Like you, anybody can find out what you've done. Nothing's done in secret anymore. And this can destroy people's careers. Uh, I mean you see it all the time. Yeah. Politicians, mm -hmm. like everyone, things come back to haunt them. Yeah. And people's even things like in, No, also when you think of like to modern day cases like Brett Kavanaugh, yes. um, like with, but that was with his yearbook, yes. or say with um, Justin Trudeau, when pictures of him in blackface started coming up, now those were from actual physical books. What is the implication going to be 30, 40 years from now when our generation yeah. is in the spotlight as politicians yeah. or businessmen and women, um, entrepreneurs, and things like this just show up on Facebook right. or Instagram constantly? You see constantly. it happening now, like. YouTubers are constantly canceled because of tweets from 2012 where they were saying very racist things, but it's coming back now, like, to haunt them. Like, we have, the, the internet has an impact and everything is always there. Yeah, I think a few years ago, um, a student who was accepted into Yale, I think his, like, direct messages on Instagram leaked when he was very, yeah. very racist the language. seven people from Harvard, Harvard. and they were, and like, they were expelled. Things. Yeah, and they were, they were, their acceptance was rescinded, like the seven, yeah. the seven people from Harvard, because they were seeing racist yeah. thing in a accepted Harvard students group chat, and someone brought it to Harvard, and instantly they were all seven rescinded. Yeah. And Even like big names, like she's not big, but like Camila Cabello was just like oh, called yeah. out for using racial slurs when she was mm -hmm. younger. Um, found on Twitter, and it like destroyed her. It, it destroys your brand. You know, mm -hmm. everything you've worked for can be taken away in a mere second based that, off of mistakes that you've made mm -hmm. a long time ago. That kind of like goes into like a podcast that we did earlier um, this year about cancel culture and how, like, social media has aided in cancel culture. If you – I forget who it was, but they, when they were 16, they said some racial slurs, and then that essentially destroyed their careers. And I feel like because of social media, we've become less forgiving in a way. Yeah. And because – well, it's always going to be there, and it's never going to go away, so people are constantly reminded of it. And also, like, in Puerto Rico um, – the resigned governor, a bunch of, tw uh, not tweets, but um, there was a group chat with him and other um, politicians, and they were saying very, like, racist um, and homophobic things, and what comes to mind to me initially is, like, how do how did they get those text messages? Right. Like, 
it's just kind of weird in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, it's, it's so easy. And you can you can pay off people who you get can. data. And yeah. Yeah. like, I don't know if you guys ever tried looking up your name, but then all these websites comes up. Um, My face like these comes specific, up. For a no, but these websites come up where oh, do you want like more personal information? Yes. You can sign up, create yeah. an account, and pay for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think because we're running out of time in close in closing with this conversation, what have we really learned or pinpointed? I mean, with a lot of us going to college next year except for AJ, um, two years. Um, how can we be careful both on and offline and just in general, what effects will this have on our generation later? I feel on? like one thing is that like, once you post something on the internet, it's never gonna go away. No matter like how many times you delete it, like delete your account, delete something, it's always gonna be on there. So that's like something going ahead. Like you can never kind of like go back. Like you're building your brand now. Like when you apply for jobs in 10, 20, 30 years, who knows? Like, they are going to look and see what you did now. Um, I know that social media has played a big part in, like, my life when I was looking at colleges to, to play sports for. Mm-hmm. Like, the first thing they look at is who you are online. Um, you know, I had to make sure, like, I wasn't posting any inappropriate pictures or just pictures that wouldn't make my name look good when I was looking at these schools. Mm-hmm. So, or more importantly, when they were looking at me, it's just you always have to be mindful of you do never know who's looking at you, so you have to make a good impression and going back back to what Georgia said like there is no there is no internet privacy anymore everything is public domain so you really have to make sure like even if you think I have a second account they will never find it there are always ways to find it yeah one of my like official questions on like a common app application for the new school was like asking for my Twitter handle yeah yeah Twitter and Twitter is usually where going to a conference this summer um, where I knew I was going to be talking to a lot of like government officials and giving out my information I went back to my Twitter and I deleted a lot of stuff even stuff that I like not that I don't agree with it um, but just that I knew if taken out of context it could really hurt me yeah so um you guys like brought up a lot of good points about um basically watching what you post watching what you repost in when you apply to colleges when you apply to jobs in the future and these are some other little tips that you can do as well that um, Consumer Reports um, advised. So use privacy controls. So like we've come a long way since period trackers, but um, <laughs> when you download a period tracker or any app, check for options that allow you to opt out of permissions to sell your data or share it with external partners. And also you can consider a password manager. Um, that these password um, managers such as one password, dash line, and key pass or last pass, they generate extremely um, strong passwords that like help you. Um, so you won't be hacked. Yeah, so you won't be Even hacked. Apple has started to do that. Like you've noticed you get like the mm-hmm. 16 digit with like, yeah. characters yeah. and everything, right. and they're almost impossible to crack. I mean, honestly, I have the same password for everything. So I if do one too. person, yeah. if one person knows my password, they have access to my entire Sometimes life. Sometimes I'll add like a, an exclamation point. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's like throw in an extra two mm-hmm. for a couple <laughs> for a couple colleges. I'll like put my password and then like the name of the college and an exclamation point. I'm like they'll never figure it out. Yeah, <laughs> like this long list of passwords in my notes.
announcements. Like, oh, yeah. So then also hide from ads if you don't want targeted ads to follow you to social media platforms and possibly tip people off to conditions. Um, use your smartphone settings to limit ad tracking. Um, on, Apple's, on Apple phones, you can go to settings, scroll down to privacy, Click on advertising and turn on the limit ad tracking Reagan's button. Reagan's doing it right now. <laughs> yeah, Reagan's doing it right now. <laughs> Wait, right. Reagan literally pulls out her phone and starts like. So just to repeat this, on Apple phones, go to settings, scroll down to privacy, click on advertising, and turn on the limit ad tracking button. And if you have an Android phone, go to settings, scroll down to Google, and click on ads where you'll find an option to opt out of, of ad personal personalization and to reset your advertising ID and I know it's really cool and I know you can't yeah um and also make sure to keep updated um apps are updated frequently to add new free features and fix bugs you can turn on automatic updates on your phone settings or check apps periodically to see if updates are available and um all that I just said was from Consumer Reports, so for more details, you can check out their article that we'll link um, in the description. And also, if you want to know if these five specific period, track, period trackers, um, their privacy policies are easy to understand, I'll just list them right now. So for Baby Center, they say that no, the privacy policy is not easy to understand. Clue, yes. Flow, yes. My Calendar, no. And Ovia, yes and no. And to conclude, thank you for listening to Akona Beyond the Articles, this podcast. And we love discussing this topic and discussing it as a group with more than one or two staffers. So <laughs> listen on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, make sure to rate us. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye. <laughs>